This is the On Call Podcast. Your home for sports, news, pop culture, tech, and the obscure. And of course, your host, Michael Myers. Welcome to the 23rd episode of the On Call Podcast. And just like Michael Jordan, 23 is the best, this episode will be the best. Or it'll be more like Michael Jordan is a general manager, which is kind of a complete shit show. Either way. Ooh, yeah, watch that... uh the first two episodes of that Netflix documentary, The Last Dance. That's cute. You call it a Netflix documentary? Uh, Netflix, no, it, uh, it was what, on what ESPN. There was five weeks, two episodes a week. You missed it. You, you missed it when it was bitch. hot. And... <laughs> that was an awesome-ass documentary, though. I watched the shit out of that. That's what I was watching when I was charting. I spent you know, weeks charting. I'd replay an episode just because... I had a huge crush on Michael Jordan. I got, I have five pairs of Jordans in my eyesight right now. Wait, yeah. shoes? Damn. Two pairs of 11s. That's fancy, yeah, right? Nice. Two pairs of 11s, pair of 13s, uh, some Jordan trainers. Can't see. I can only see the lip of the, the fifth pair. And then I'm trying to get a pair of Jordan golf shoes. Because they look like the shoes he wore when he won in the finals. Or that he wore in uh, Space Jam. I want those shoes as a pair of golf shoes. But I was looking... <laughs> what about his uh, cleats, his baseball uh, cleats? I don't need a pair of those because it lo- <laughs> they weren't that good. So I, I realized trying to find those shoes, they are... $595. I'm Good God. <laughs> I have like two pairs of shoes or three. One's slippers and the other one's flip-flops and the other one is Crocs, but they don't look like Crocs. If they're Crocs, they're Crocs. So I am a sneakerhead. Me and Nicole both. Well, they don't look like Crocs. You're right. They do look like grandpa slippers. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> What's the it. most you've ever paid for a pair of shoes i think it was um some sketcher shape ups i think they're like a hundred dollars <laughs> and i know you're you can laugh but first off number one comfy is the most comfiest shoe i've ever worn number two they give you like this much height and for a person of my height that's uh, awesome i can get the height i can get behind the height aspect of it I'm talking about like the most expensive pair that you wear or like or have ever bought. They don't even touch. Yeah, that's that's I'm just a sneakerhead. So the most I've ever spent on a pair of shoes was three hundred ninety seven dollars. God, I don't even spend that much on a monitor and I use it like eight hours a day. It was during the height of uh, some some Michael Jordan comeback stuff. And I ordered them on, what makes it worse? Never even got the shoes. Ordered them on eBay. What? I sent a cashier's check. Guy deleted his count. And I never got the shoes. It was 
right before I moved to Florida. Oh man, feels bad. That's <laughs> it hurt terrible. So much. I was so fucking sad. That's probably the worst thing I've ever heard happen to somebody. Worst than my worst first date where my car got stolen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luck is not always on my side, my friend. So what are we going to talk about on today's episode of On Call Pod? Well, I've been on call for the past week. And I feel so fucking happy to not be on call. I'm going to do some some medical shit with you today, my friend. Cuz why not? You uh you can you you'll learn some things. You look a little comfortable tonight. You look a little sleepy, but you know, it's Eastern time, so it's late for you. I'm just going to do a line of some Adderall. That'd get you. That would get you. Um the first we will do It's a little less exciting but they're the most famous medical malpractice cases uh, some would some would say they are the dirty dozen of medical malpractice so you're you're not in healthcare what is something that you would think would be something for malpractice. Like what would ha- what would happen that you would be like, oh shit, they fucked up. Okay, definitely. Okay, definitely. Yes. Okay, removing the wrong organ. So like, if you're it's a lung or a kidney or something, removing the wrong one, or uh, sewing you back up with like a tool left inside of you. Or removing, yeah, removing the wrong, like, arm or something. I mean, that really hits on a lot of spots. So, yeah, I have actually had patients that have had the wrong, the, the wrong side operated on. Never an amputation or, like, they took out the left kidney and they're supposed to take out the right. But I have had a patient who needed his right knee operated on, and they operated on his left knee. Did they make the left knee better at least? Uh, well, I mean, in time it would have been, but because he needed the other one worked on, they had to end up doing b- both knees within 24 hours, and he didn't have to pay for his hospital stay. No, that's good. Naturally, right? And that's how you prevent a that's how you prevent a lawsuit if you can. I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's other stuff involved, but he didn't have to pay for that, his stay. He got the VIP treatment. Yeah, I'd want some free service after that. So, surprisingly, like it's list, it's listed on this website. I really don't need to give a name or uh, even a site because it happens all the fucking time. Wrong amputations. I've had patients that have had the wrong toe amputated. Really? Like, how does that, ha- like, how does that happen? Uh, like, they write it down wrong or, or what? Usually, yeah, the person that assesses to treat the patient, they won't identify exactly which toe correctly. So. And you can't tell because, like, the stuff's happening on the inside? Yeah, so, like, medically, you're supposed to say it's not, 
like third, fourth toe. You're supposed to say it based on how you look at the patient, how instead of how you look at him. So like if I'm looking at you, your right arm to me is your left arm. So the person assessing that patient will say, oh, right, fourth toe, which would be the toe next to your pinky toe on your right foot. But if I'm looking at you and I say that, that would be your left fourth toe. Bam. Wrong toe, wrong foot. Yeah, they need like a separate company that comes in and marks it before surgery so they can sue that company. And that company has excellent insurance. That's what malpractice insurance is for. It happens all the time. I have seen, I can't believe it. So now pre-op, they'll go in with a giant blue Sharpie and it will they will mark both sides. Yes, no. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, if you, especially when you have a patient that has an outpatient surgery, they'll come in at 10 a.m. They'll write you on a Sharpie and by 10.45, they're cutting you open. So there's not a whole lot of let's fuck around and do this shit. So, it, I mean, it's super common. That's why it's like, eh, to call it one of the most, the, one of the biggest things for malpractice, eh, not fair. There's a lot of people that are assessing patients that barely have a high school education. Yeah, and I'm assuming you assess like a crap ton of patients every once in a while. You're just like brain messes up type of thing. Um, that's why they need usually, uh, yeah, uh, backup. But uh, so, what's the the malpractice case you're talking about? The malpractice one was a 52 year old Willie King. He was supposed to have a his diseased leg amputated in 1995, and the surgeon took the wrong leg. Wow! And he couldn't tell from looking at the legs it was the wrong one. Uh, if you don't have an open wound, it's it's incredibly hard. But okay. I it's not his fault. If your leg needs to be amputated, it would at least look like shit or something. The biggest cause of, in his case was the staff. Because in an OR, there's generally seven to ten people in the room with you. They draped and sterilized the wrong leg. A, so they didn't even look at the other surgeon, leg to have a good reference. They just looked at a chart and they draped the wrong leg. The surgeon, he doesn't even look at the chart generally. He just... He assesses the patient days before, makes a plan, and then comes in a couple days later to actually do the surgery. The surgeon who's making all the money generally spends the least amount of time with the patient. Okay, this is uh, his foot. Oh, somebody analyzed it. Uh, <laughs> analysis map. The doctor's defense later was that both legs were unhealthy. And would have been amputated. He was fined ten grand. Yeah, the other one needed to be amputated too. That's his argument. I mean, the, the guy actually ended up with one point one million dollars. So, you know, we discussed that. What would it cost? Because he had to get his other leg yeah. amputated too. So now he's got no legs. He can't even hop. You can bullshit. If he's not diabetic, he could probably get. He could be blades like uh, what's his name that was in the Olympics. Uh, the Special Olympics. They call him Blade Runner. Oh, it was just a foot. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't his whole. It wasn't his whole leg. So Oscar Pistoria. He could be that guy. He had no feet. He had no legs from above the knee. Was it Special Olympics? Yeah, it was. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was like, dang. Yeah, he, was, he was like the gold. He was the guy. He's the Michael Phelps of the Special Olympics. That's a, that's a big deal. <laughs> now, this, uh, like, the biggest thing for me, like, it's, it's number one on the list, and it was a failure to obtain a blood type. I have never seen this. I have never witnessed this, thank God, because it is not a pretty sight. I've heard of cases of it happening. I've given blood to probably 40 or 50 different patients. You always double check blood. Always double check because if you thought it was bad when you got a bee sting and you went into anaphylaxis and you needed a shot of epinephrine, if you start getting the wrong blood type, your entire body immediately starts to attack it. And yeah, I don't even know what my blood type is. You should just go to go and donate one unit of blood so they can tell you what it is. Because it can save your I'll life in the long run. Blood. Sorry. Like if you get hurt and you don't know your blood type and you're in a diet. I was like, oh, I think it's like AB. Yeah, you probably not. You're probably O positive. Well, they can't just, oh, yeah, you're right. You're I probably should. O positive. So is there somewhere, can I just go get my blood type tested? Not, I mean, not that I know of. I only know mine because I give blood every six weeks. So I should go give blood and then they'll tell me. Yes, because they have to type and cross it. They blood type and they cross match okay. it to make sure that you have um, uh, RH positive or negative blood. I've known at some point and I feel like it's AB something. Then you're, if you're AB negative, you're the universal donor. You can give to literally anybody on the planet. Oh, I thought it was O. O is a universal recipient. You can take any blood. Ah. You would be the unicorn who can give any blood. I don't know. That doesn't sound I like always mix it. I always mix it up, but Opaz is the universal. See, now, now you're making me question him. We might be the universal recipient, not the universal donor. I thought O was, yeah. Um, We're the oh, most common type. Blood. Type universal donor. Oh, negative. All right, here it is. Hmm. Universal donors are those with an O negative blood type. Yeah, universal donor. I'm O pos, so I'm not the universal. I'm RH positive. Which is just an autoimmune response, which causes an attack on the entire system. So that guy got a million dollars for his foot? It doesn't talk about what he got. He got a lot. Um, he got a really bad outcome. If you don't double check everything, there's things in medical professions you just kind of rush through a lot of things. Blood's not one of them. Oh wait, this is the blood type right. one, not the foot one. You cross match. You double check. You take another nurse in with you before you even start to administer it, and you go birth date, name wristband there's five different things that you check before you give the blood and then you ask who are you voting for in the next election if you have to, to if you have if to if they, the right if they told the nurse before that that's what they did you're going to make sure that that's what he said before it's really i've only seen stories of it happening before but it happens he this this guy in this story he got it. He was left with severe brain damage. 
and it destroyed his his organs, specifically the kidneys and the liver, because those are the main two filters for blood. Sadly, in this case, the hospital covered up the mistake. Now, I know we don't talk a lot about healthcare in this show, even though it's the on-call pod. Get your fucking blood checked. Find out what type you are, because it's super important. Get it tattooed on your chest. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, you can get a fancy-ass silver bracelet if you want. But if you get into a car accident... Yeah, I mean, that'd be a cool tattoo to get, right? Pause. Your blood type? Baby paws, that's right. Yeah, and it's uh, practical, too. If nothing else, it's to save your life. If you're losing blood at a rapid rate, you knowing what type you are will save your life because it'll give you 45 minutes time saved versus when they type and cross you. I knew a girl who got um, Braille tattooed on her arm that said breathe. And I was like, doesn't that defeat the purpose of Braille? Like you can't (laughs) touch it, but yep, apparently no. I'm the asshole for questioning it. She wasn't deaf either. She was just a regular person who thought it was cool. Hmm. Good for Brie. Braille. Brie Yeah, and I want to hear from our listener if they think that getting a Braille tattoo of a word is uh, cool or if it's uh, it's weird, like I thought. I can't imagine someone's going to be like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. I don't see. It defeats the whole purpose to me. It's not, yeah, whatever. You know, if, if, you listen to the, if you listen to this show and you like the idea, don't listen to the show. <laughs> I know I'm, we're not in a spot to turn away listeners, Wait, I might be the asshole though. You never know. It could just be me who's the asshole. I don't think you're the asshole. Like they could, the person could be like, "Don't tell me what to get tattooed on my body. I'll tattoo whatever the fuck I want." Maybe so. That could be not totally not legit. this time. Uh, we talked about the wrong limb. The other thing is surgery on the wrong side of the head. That doesn't really happen either because you prep the field. So biggest malpractice cases was. Three mistakes on the same day on three different patients because they set up burr holes on these three patients to be drilled to relieve pressure. Say you get into a car accident and you hit your head. All right. Then you get a concussion. Well, concussions caused by your brain hitting your skull. When your skull hits your brain, you develop a bruise. On your arm, not a big deal. Soft tissue. On your skull... Your brain can only swell so much before you're turning yourself into... It it explodes. In a matter of speaking, because you can block off the flow back down your brainstem. Not ideal. In In this case, happened in the same hospital. Three people got messed up. All three patients got mixed up. Two of the three were caught in time. The other one, not in time, which led to the wrong side of the head being drilled than the side that the blockage was on. A dead 86-year-old guy just from someone mixing up a CT scan. Shouldn't happen. Can't happen, especially in emergent situations. So I do feel bad for that guy because it... Well, I feel bad for... Yeah, that... if it, Especially if he died, but like, what about somebody who... Um, the wrong testicle was removed and then they had to get the other one removed too. So now they got no testicles. I mean, if you're fertile and you don't have kids yet and your dreams to be a parent, 
That's pretty fucking devastating. Like you don't you don't have kids. Yeah, Say so you want kids. If you have even if you have both testicles right now, go you know, jerk off in a cup and put it in your freezer. Um, just in case. Generally not a regular freezer because it doesn't get cold enough to store the live cells and sperm. Oh shit. So the ones that I have under my bed aren't just turn aren't those okay. into smoothies. <laughs> Gross. Listen, I have read many a story lately of the women that are storing sperm for their smoothies. Tying off the condom and putting it above their bed like a trophy. There's a woman, I mean, I swear, I have had the story sent to me three or four times of a vegan who's drinking the smoothies. Well, technically, it's not really vegan because it's a protein source from an animal. Dude, yes, but it's still an animal. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Can you milk me? Fair enough. See, and then we did the wrong leg. Oh, wrong sperm. Number five, wrong sperm used at a fertility clinic. Baby born of different <laughs> Wait, oh race. Oh, God, I thought I was to, uh, like, impregnate this guy's wife, and they used the wrong sperm. Oh. I don't... What would you do? Say you are a happy couple... You guys are ready to roll. Turns out dad's seed. You know, he, like number four, got the wrong testicle removed from his testicular cancer, pulled out the good one, then had to go back and pull out the bad one. He didn't come into a cup. Meets the love of his life. Want a baby. He's already infertile. You're like, all right, you know, we'll go to a sperm bank. We'll line ourselves up with a magical doctor. And we're going to have our... Beautiful blonde hair, baby boy. Well, and he comes out. And he's got brown hair. And you're like, what the brown fuck? skin. This guy's got a history of diabetes. Yeah, you know, it's fucking crazy to because it's so expensive to use a fertility clinic. You're looking at at least like fifty grand just to go through everything. Well, I'd, I'd like my money refunded. Number one. Yeah, but say you yeah yeah you it. set everything up. You have yourself your doctor. This this doctor donor, everything's lined up, and then all of a sudden you have a black baby. It's nothing matches the application. Wait, wait, oh, so it's like a, a personal contributor, like you know the person, or it's just like you're already picking someone different. Because I mean, I feel like maybe to me picking it's just a different person than I picked. That may be worth like the free fifty grand, but. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a kid's guy, so I, it's hard to tell. But if I had like somebody like, oh, it's my friend and, you know, he's fucking 6'5 and chiseled and smart as fuck. Uh, and then you just gave me like some fat guy's sperm, I'd be like kind of upset. And uh, what if it's a different race? Like say you're, even if you're a black couple, a, a successful, happy black couple that I mean, spends all that money and then you have a white baby. That has, I can't imagine raising a child of another race when I'm ill prepared for it. I mean, it seems really difficult. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I, I don't know. I, I have not gone through that, so I can't yeah. really. I mean, comment. neither have I. My kid is white. I'm white. It's a very easy explanation. But if you, it's like, if you're getting another person's sperm anyway, I mean like what matter? Who you're cares picking, what you're picking that race though to avoid these questions. Cause maybe you do. What are you goddamn racist? Come on. It should be any no, color. No, I'm someone who has expectations. 
through a company that I'm paying money right. to give me the service I provide, like um, give me what I want. What's it worth though? Like money. Oh man. I don't know. Cause what do you do? If it comes out completely different than what you expect, I'm looking I'm looking at million easy free college. Yeah. Okay. College. Yeah. I'm thinking the fee is uh, refunded and free college. Boom. That way you can still take care of the kid because it's not like you're going to not take care of the kid. I mean, come on. We live in a pretty closed-minded society these days. Are you not? Well, fuck those <laughs> people. Uh, number six, wrong organ removed. Okay. He was getting his uh, kidney removed and they accidentally removed his dick. Well, No. <laughs> and this one they removed is what? It's gallbladder. Every gallbladder removed. They took out and the right kidney. Man, that's hard. That's hard to fuck up. Bladder. That's hard to fuck up. You're supposed to get your gallbladder, and they took out a kidney. That is not the same thing. They're on the. Did they not put a marker on the gallbladder? I mean, they probably didn't. But you know, the organs are kind of like ones in the front, and ones in the back. You had to you had to pass the shitty organ to get to the good one. And then still took it out. I don't know. I mean, I can see why he got placed on fucking five years probation. Yeah, because he doesn't know. The, the, yeah, uh, he doesn't know the difference between a good organ and a bad organ. They don't take gallbladders out for no reason, even though it's an easy surgery. Wasn't there one surgeon who like didn't know what the fuck he was doing and like killed like a shitload of people and is in prison right now? I can't remember. I mean, there's a there's a quite a Maybe few of those actually. It's, I feel I've I've heard of a few. I don't have names for you, but they practice and they. You know, if you get in right with the people training you, you can pretend to be good at your job. Um. Number seven: tumor removed, instrument left. Super common. It happens so fucking often where you take, you go to take an organ out and stuff gets left behind. There's supposed to be a specific scrub nurse that's meant to count what goes in so you count what goes out. Because sometimes you have to leave stuff in there, like something that holds something or something, because it's not like you drop some fucking pliers in there. It's like this holds this while we're working and then we forgot about it because it's the hidden. amount of forceps you have to use to cut off blood supply to certain areas is crazy. There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of metal instrumentation that are meant to hook and lay on the walls of everything that you're working on of your surgical field. Mm -hmm. Those aren't typically what get left. Usually what gets left is fucking gauze sponges parts that you're, you're grabbing in the heat and patting them dry to get a, a clear visual field when you suction's not enough. Then you're getting left shit behind. Um, now in this story, in, in 2000, Donald Church he went to he went to uh, University of Washington and uh, Seattle. He was supposed to have a tumor removed. They did take out the tumor, but then they left a 13-inch medical retractor. How you forget a retractor? is beyond me. They're fucking huge. It's over a foot long. And it's meant to spread things. Just like, okay. 
My okay. And it's a metal retractor, so all it would take is one X-ray to to see it. It would show up because it's not hollow. All right, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's pretty big. I don't know how that happens. I can see a sponge, some gauze. Retractors should never happen. They're fucking, they're big. Cow. Yeah. So. Did it fall like, you know, when you're like working on an engine and it drops and um, it goes down in there and you need like one of those like. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, yeah, who doesn't use like the magnet to run it through to make sure you didn't you didn't drop a screw into the block, right? <laughs> All right, number eight. Patient wide awake during surgery. Ooh, now you're talking about nightmare shit. It's actually the topic of one of the movies that I am afraid of getting my gallbladder taken out. It's a, oh yeah, that uh, Hayden Christensen. That's Christmas right, in, awake. Uh, awake movie. Oh, nightmares. That is nightmare fuel to me. Granted. His is a little more extreme because, you know, it's a murder plot to make sure the rich kid. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. I just saw the premise of it. and I was like, no, uh, thank you. I'm afraid that they're going to put me under general and I'm not going to fall asleep and I'm going to feel everything as they slice me open. Oh, mm. oh. in 2006, Sherman Sizemore underwent surgery. The paralytic properly administered worked just fine. The second, unfortunately, wasn't. He was wide awake and could feel everything. Wait, he could feel it? Oh, a paralytic literally just stops your muscles from being able to move. Uh, well, why didn't they, like, cut off his nerves and shit? Like, I mean, that's generally what the anesthesia is supposed to do because it's putting you out deep. Uh. And then if you get a local instead of a general anesthesia, it's meant to kill all the nerves in that specific area. Like when you get a vasectomy. Yeah, a couple of shots of lidocaine. Which you need to if do you get it, probably very soon. If you get a, uh, like an infected toenail, you get an ingrown toenail, you'll get like four or five shots of local anesthesia to the area, which is usually just lidocaine and then a big rubber ball. To keep all that lidocaine in one specific spot while they dig into you and pour acid on your busted ass nail. Ugh. So, 16 minutes in his, in, in his surgery, they realize he's fucking awake. Half an hour of conscious, painful surgery by the time, by the time they were able to fucking get him under control. Dude, that's uh, PTSD shit. I'd right be asking out, oh, for quite a bit. F- Fucking nightmare fuel. So, other than that. God, my next surgery, I'm going to be like, I was awake the whole time. Ah, you owe me money. <laughs> and oddly, he couldn't remember anything. They put him under after that half hour, and he didn't remember anything from the surgery. They wiped his memory, dude, with that uh, men in black stuff. Oddly, further on down the road, they realized he was having um, panic attacks from thinking that they were going to bury him alive. Had nothing to do with the surgery. Psychologically, that took over. Like a secondary effect. Might have had something to do with the surgery. Sadly, a few weeks after the surgery, he killed himself. Oh, man, he didn't even get paid. 
no. Oh. He also had a thing, which is what my fear is, is anesthesia awareness. So even when you're getting the anesthesia and everything, doesn't matter. Your body processes general anesthesia differently, and it doesn't work any the same, and you stay awake. It just doesn't turn off that part of the brain. Yeah, so don't take anesthesia recreationally because you'll build up a tolerance to it. My dog has to get super high doses of anesthesia in order to be, remain asleep because of metabolism so fast. It's called the Greyhound Protocol. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have to get my dog put under to get uh, teeth cleaned. No. Oh, Ender? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's common. That's pretty standard, I imagine. Well, actually... Yeah, yeah. No, I can't even brush her teeth, so. Do you have the, I use the gel. The gel, so she, they just constantly lick really hard to try to get the gel off. <laughs> I don't think that gets the scrubbing uh, action you really need in there. It's true. I, I went lazy. Yeah, well, she, I can't get near her teeth or toenails. Thankfully, they don't grow that long. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with her. Thank God. Do you walk Ender outside? Yeah, that's, but even if I don't, her toenails don't, her nails don't grow, like her dew claw doesn't grow long, her nails don't grow long, even if I don't walk her outside, I don't know what, I, I don't know what the deal is. I have to use a fucking grinder. It's, uh, nature. Yeah, I have shit. to use a grinder because Aria doesn't like her toenails touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have to literally put Ender under to cut her nails. Ooh. All right, we'll move on. We're, we're, we're over time. We're going to go to a little different, a little more fun, rather than individual cases of depressing shit like homeboy killing himself, toy. But I did my little story on Uncle Stan. So uh, Stanley from The Office has launched a Kickstarter to get a new show. That sounds like a terrible, terrible idea. Stanley it's, cannot carry a show by himself. It's probably going to be a shit show, but... It'll never happen. If the Dwight Schrute spinoff couldn't happen and Dwight Schrute was like 40% of that show, then there's no way a Stanley show is going to happen. Stanley I mean, the Manly. I mean, that's probably true because the last two years plus Dwight carried that fucking show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they ruined Andy's character. Oh, my God. He turned into such a schmuck <clears throat> with the, the sailing and everything. Let's see. So, cooler things, things that you might not have heard of, Mr. Lowell. Lowell? Ten of the most bizarre medical practices and theories. A lot of these I already knew just because a lot of psychopaths try to still use them now. Or anti-vaxxers or, I mean, whoever that may be. Uh, One of them is one that was uh, number ten. Urine therapy. Not sure how familiar you are with it, but oh, it yeah. actually No, no, did... I saw this on Pornhub just uh, about an hour ago. That long? Well, yeah, I guess, I guess so, 37 minutes in. Uh, Could have been. An hour before we started talking. <laughs> <laughs> the use of urine has been used for a super long time and has gained traction again. I know, it's, it's, I didn't think it was cool at first. Now it's a little bit hot. 
like urine, fresh young boy urine in China specifically, which this doesn't quite delve into it as much. There are people that get paid to go and collect urine from preschoolers and kindergartners in China to pee in the cup and then use it to Pass let people tests? know to rub on their faces for a youthful appearance to avoid crow's feet and bags under their eyes. I heard if you get semen straight from the source on your face, it uh, has the same effect. Nicole! Uh, It doesn't work. It's just urine. It's just filtered shit through your body. It's not anything that's going to make you... sterile, you know? Sterile for a minute. As soon as it hits your urethra, it's not sterile anymore. As soon as it hits your what? And when it's going out to your urethra, it's not sterile anymore. It's sterile when it's in your bladder. Mm, That doesn't sound right. I've seen some videos where... They say it's sterile when it until it leaves your body. Your pee hole is dirty. My pee hole is not dirty. It's the cleanest part of my body. Did you just spritz some sanitizer on it? Because I don't think your <laughs> pee hole's clean. Whoa, urine is not sterile. Even before it comes out of you and gets contaminated by your skin. Look at that. Well, you're welcome. Porn is lying to me. I didn't say it didn't feel good to get peed on. I said it's not <laughs> sterile. <laughs> <laughs> so you should drink it if you find yourself in a waterless pinch. Uh, uh, that, but it is not sterile. It's not good the second time around because... But it's pretty sterile, though. I'll take that because, I it's mean... It's clean. Look, it's not sterile. My hand's not sterile. See? Like, I'm fine. That's you know, how you get mercy. This beer is not sterile. You're right. Glug, 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 glug. not sterile. Um... People's buttholes aren't sterile, and um, well, anyway. Another story, another day. <laughs> uh, the next uh, children's soothing syrups. There's been a lot of those over the years, including like the rubbing of bourbon and everything on your kids' gums. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one for like a toothache or something. Yeah. They used to use a lot worse stuff than bourbon. That the morphine, morphine, huge back in the day. Not good yeah. for a baby. Yeah, we've had uh, opiates for a long time, right? The, um, they would call it the poppy milk or something, and they would uh, give it to yeah. like Roman soldiers so they could march all day. Yeah, milk of the poppy. Dude, poppy! Yep. I remember I made a video on YouTube like way back when, back when YouTube was first starting about uh, how to make poppy seed tea. So for you like opiate addicts, it would like, you would like wash the poppy seeds you would get from the grocery store to like try and get some of the, the stuff off of them. Yeah, and it got like 30,000 views in like a month. And I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take this off. Uh, I don't know if this is the greatest thing to be posting. Well, it would, if you could, you could if you could get away with it, why not? Fuck it. They did way worse back in the day. People would just put whatever drug they could find to help calm the kid, like a tea bag, whether it's morphine, heroin, cannabis, powdered opium. Well, cannabis, I mean, come on. It would calm the kid. But a lot of times back then, you know, you'd end up, you'd wind up dead. 
actually consumed some cannabis last night and in what form uh you know like the vape oil things just like a, a vape okay all right i got you but uh yeah i feel like ever since i stopped uh smoking so much it just makes me like sleep in really late it's good I sleep though I had a friend who would do the dabs, so like he'd have that giant ass <sighs> water bottle and just the hot ass dab. And yeah, the last time, I, well, I've only done that once, but oh my goodness, that's like that's the last time that I can remember being like too high was from doing a dab. It's just way too concentrated. Don't do a dab, people, unless you're used to it. Uh, it will couch lock you. You can't move. Uh, you'll get paranoid. The paranoia. And for people who are getting paranoid from just anytime they smoke weed, because I've talked to people about this, just smoke a little bit of weed. Not a lot. If they're passing around a joint, don't take three, four hits. Take like a half of one hit. Wait 10 minutes. See how you feel. If you didn't do anything, then do a little bit more. That's fair. He, the guy that I did my internet show with, he would do a dab to start the show. 40 minutes yeah, in. He, Tolerance is uh, through the roof, man. I, I don't understand being able to like smoke weed and then I don't, be on camera or on mic or anything like that. I, he I'm was, just so I mean, stupid. If Eric's listening, your dabs ended up being a downfall, my friend. <laughs> so beyond that, next, uh, Mercury. Mercury is fucking toxic. There's really? a reason they don't even put it in thermometers anymore. Isn't it in fish? Is there mercury in fish? Y- yeah, because of all the shit that we've put into the water. Really? Mercury So poison? I shouldn't be eating, like, just pounding sashimi anymore. No, probably not. Depends on how often. If it's daily, no. Yeah, I pretty much don't eat it very much. And the deeper the fish lives, the worse the mercury poisoning is. Because it's denser than water, so it goes down. So if you're eating fish that bottom feeders, they're less... Well, how are we dropping uh, mercury in water? How's that happening? Waste. Waste from everything. Mercury uh, was everywhere okay. before. It was in. You can just buy it in a glass vial and give it to your kid if they had a fever. A little shot of mercury? It, was used, it used to be in a uh, little eyedropper, and you'd put it under the tongue, a dab under mm-hmm. the tongue. Oh, I actually, I actually had a patient who had gone catatonic, like her permanent at rest was all of all of her muscles, upper and like all of her thigh, her calf, biceps, forearm, constantly flexed, couldn't relax. Yeah, had twitches all the time because her husband. I'm never flexed. Her, her, her husband was a her husband was a chemist. For the government, and he used Ooh. to poison her with it. Oh yeah, that's like S Town, right? They thought he had. Uh, they thought uh, what was his name? John Bay had uh, mercury was, poisoning, I think, right? That was a good. Yeah, but he. It's because he did it, and he did it with his watches and everything too, right? And he had this. Oh right. So just like radium, I think it is. Eventually, you just eat your brain away by messing with that sort of stuff. But yes, John oh. B. S Town was a that was a good series. John Bay. Yeah, anytime anyone uh, says a podcast or um, if they say your podcast isn't good, say, well, yeah, uh, S-Town had bad reviews, and that's like the greatest podcast ever. So, I can't believe we never talked about that. 
S Town. Oh well, yeah, we talk about podcasts. We talk all the time. We didn't. S Town never came up. I, I listened to that whole series as it came out. Oh, that nice. And, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Adnan. Yeah, I don't listen to that many podcasts, but I did listen to Serial. Yes, the first season, Adnan. I, I didn't listen. To, yeah, season two, I didn't really get behind, but season one, I listened to it a few times to try to listen to it. It was making a murderer for a podcast. That's yeah. like, as in, it made him seem like he wasn't guilty, but he really was. As new stuff come out, I haven't even followed enough to know. No, but Ad, I'm just telling you based on my opinion that Adnan was extremely guilty. No one else had a motive except him, and he was the only person that couldn't remember anything conveniently. No, in the very beginning of the podcast, they started out with, what could you remember from, like, you know, years ago? Like, they, they make it seem like it's possible that he was not guilty, and it was Jay or that other guy. But, no, it was Adnan. He was the only person with motive. That's why motive matters. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Uh, moving on. Heroin for okay. coughs. That was super common, and... I had a patient that had that. There's a like a glass bottle that it came in. They Heroin still had for it what? for a cough because oh, it's a okay. it's a it's a vasoconstrictor. So it, I mean, it really could work for a cough in the same effect that caffeine would work for a cough. You ever done heroin though? No, I've never been banging out heroin or nothing. You ever done uh, like an opiate though, like a Vicodin, Percocet? Yeah, I've had uh, a couple of Vicodin when I had when I first herniated my back when I was twenty two. Mm-hmm. It numbs you. <laughs> I don't like the idea of that. I'm an upper kind of person, despite yeah. my love for alcohol. Yeah. I I like how alcohol makes me feel early on. I don't like being hammered because then it's really a downer. Yeah. I don't understand the love of nothingness. Is well, the opiates, they make you happy too. That's where the upper downer thing is sort of a misnomer. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, when you take opiates that are technically a downer, I mean, they make you happy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So the big thing why, um, heroin used was so much, is heroin was used to treat morphine addiction. Unfortunately, it turns out heroin's more addictive than morphine. Yeah, and heroin's used so much now because people get addicted to opiates because they have a surgery or they take their parents. And then, um, I don't know if you know this, but opiates like Vicodin, Percocet, really expensive and really hard to find. And so they switch to heroin because it's cheaper easier to get hits you instantly and uh and then they just overdose because it's really easy to overdose on heroin it is i've had that's most most of the ods that i've taken care of were from heroin not from shit like morphine yeah i mean because morphine is not even really that strong right it's like dilaudin and fentanyl and stuff like that's really strong Fentanyl is like two to three hundred times more potent than morphine. So you see a little bit. I have seen people smoke patches that they took off of a patient. I'm sure they were freebasing them. 
Ugh. Yeah, you'd peel you'd peel the fentanyl sticker off of a patient's back, roll it up, and then just burn the latex rubber shit on Whoa. it and just try to huff the stuff off of it. Really? That's ineffective. I assume they would like scrape the gel out into like a little like bulb or like like crack pipe and like heat the bottom and smoke it. I assume the smart people would. The people that I worked with and then got accused of it were not Oof. very smart. That's rough. That's what I've seen. That's, but I work in a nursing home in Southwest Florida, so who knows? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it's, Florida's like the th- that's where all the the those pain clinics were, where people would like go down there and get like a bunch of free painkillers or you know, big pill mills, big pill mill area is Florida here, absolutely. Which most of them are closed now. There's only now it's it's so controlled here. It's almost harder to get, for the most part, for the patients that really need it. Yeah, that's a tough thing. They yeah, ruin it. It's like the homeless people that are just getting money and for booze. They ruin yeah, it for everyth- the real homeless people that need the <laughs> money. <laughs> everything is a pendulum. Oh, oh, everyone can get pills. Well, make it so no one can get pills. Like, there's no happy medium. Everything's just one way or the other. It's deep. <laughs> uh, electrical impotence cures doesn't work i can't believe it's something they wanted to do couldn't couldn't get your shit hard they would hook you up around your groin and thigh area and shock the shit out of you to try to improve blood flow i know we got uh we got boner pills now it's uh viagra or what is sidenafil or whatever they sidenafil citrate is viagra and then there's cialis cialis sildenafil yeah. <laughs> so <I> hear the <laughs> drawer open and close. <laughs> now, that was originally created as a blood pressure medication, and it's still used as one. It's also used for pulmonary hypertension, which is uh, black people are more susceptible to pulmonary hypertension, which means they have an increased pressure in their lungs, which allows them to not breathe as well. So the... The Viagra is used to open up the vessels and allow better blood and oxygen flow. It's something I never thought I would see or have. It's like a bunch of patients on Viagra on Viagra for a certain amount of time. And it just, they've been on it for 10, 15 years because Dick they can't breathe. like a champ. <laughs> yeah. I've taken Viagra and it definitely works. And I can dispel some myths about it if you'd like. Um... It doesn't just give you a rock hard boner for however long you're on it. It just makes your dick work for however long you're on it. Yeah, drug induced, so drug induced ED. Adderall selects the kill both two things. They pres- uh, they kills your boner. So they prescribed me uh, Viagra, Sildenafil. But yeah, it just makes your dick work. It's kind of nice. I didn't realize Adderall made it not work. Adderall. And then Celexa, the like SSRI that I take, also they prescribe that for premature ejaculation. So those things stacked was messing with my uh, whatever. So uh, they prescribed me that too. But uh, as I got used to the Adderall, it's, it doesn't have nearly as much of an effect. Excellent. But so it does make your um, production higher, like the amount. Your blaster. 
Yeah, your blast radius or super soaker or whatever you want to call it. And it's uh, cheap. It's like fifteen bucks. You know. Now we got generics now. now. The, yeah, now the patent ran out. Yep. So next would be bloodletting, which they actually still do, but not like they used to. Ah. <laughs> they used to remove blood from an area that was infected. Now they use it if you are, like I've had a few patients that have to get consistent, they have to give blood because their hemoglobin production is so high, you end up getting blood clots. So you actually have to remove blood in order to remove some cells. Oh, we have a scientific reason for it now. So maybe back in the day, like it worked a couple of times, like they were letting blood and somebody actually got better. Right. So back then you'd have like an infection, like, oh, this foot is red and swollen. You have to get your blood taken out. It just because they had a, they had a major infection and they needed real surgery and an operation. So they just took the blood out because back then you didn't believe blood flowed through your entire body. It was all localized. Ooh. Oh, his foot blood's bad. We got to drain the blood, the, the foot blood. Didn't work that well. They didn't realize circulation was the thing. The other thing, which got huge in the early 1900s, lobotomies, which is fucking fascinating to me. It's fascinating to the wife. I've listened to so many podcasts about it. The idea originally was to drill into the top of the skull and mess with jingle up your brain a little bit. I thought it was to relieve pressure. Lobotomies are to treat bad behavior uh, okay like uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest type thing that kind of crazy yeah uh john kennedy's sister had to get a lobotomy they done fucked it up because they they did that surgery on her when lobotomies weren't even good anymore and they had realized lobotomies don't work but oh good old jack kennedy had it done anyway and she was like 14 they drilled a little too far with the ice pick, turned her into an infant. She was the, the, oh, the mental right. acuity of a two-year-old for the rest of her life. Incontinent of stool, urine, mm. just all sorts of fucked up the you rest of her be life. Continent of stool, for sure. Generally, I don't like shit up my back. It's hard to date. So they they created the procedure in the late late 1800s. And then they perfected it when they realized they could use an ice pick to drill on the inside of your eye. Oh, come on, bro. Oh, come on. (laughs) Shake it up. Come on, bro. It didn't work. It's just one. one I'll do one. I'll do one without you because Nicole's going to want to be in on that one because she thought it was fascinating. Your gross um, episode (laughs) of medical ice pick and a hammer. I got one gross Uh, thing. Uh, I was a wrestler in high school. Um, you know, you're familiar with cauliflower ear, you know? Yeah. Popping the blood vessels in the ear. No place for it to go. Well, yeah, it's like a, it builds up scar tissue or whatever. Yeah. When it, I, well, I, you can, if you, if you don't take care of it, it turns into scar tissue, but you, you smash it, you pop all the blood vessels, you can drain okay. it and get it normal shaped. Yeah. So mine, my ear got all fat, uh, filled with <laughs> whatever, pus or whatever. Oh God. So I would take my friend's mom's diabetes needles and drain it. Um, I did eventually get surgery on it, and um, 
yeah, it's all good now. Um, it's like rock solid in the middle. Like I didn't know that like about you. Half inch or whatever. One thing's rock rock solid about you. My <laughs> nipples. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh, another one, uh, trimpanning, which works similarly to wait, is a that the, that's the that's the brain drilling thing, right? Yeah, it works similarly yeah, okay. to bloodletting and lobotomies mixed together, except trepanning in the earliest form was meant to let bad spirits out. So it's drilling burr holes when you have a concussion. Oh, man, I remember seeing a documentary about this when I was, like, really young. This is super gross. They drill into your, like, head to release the pressure. That's dirt. Oh, I just watched a documentary, like, eight, eight, nine months ago. People still do it. There's no way our listeners are still listening at this point. That's yeah, they're probably gross out. Uh, moving on. Ear candles. Another thing making a fucking comeback. Oh, uh, did you say beer candles or ear candles? Ear candles. You put a long, a long candle in your ear. You burn off oh, some what? of the wax no, on top. What? No, I thought you were going to take the wax out and make it into a candle. You put a wick into your ear, which are like your head's dynamite. Like an actual candle that's already got the wick in it. You cook, you put the ah. light to the top. You let the hot wax come down into your ear, and then you remove it. It doesn't really work because it, it's not long and it doesn't go deep enough. Ah. People used to just burn down their fucking house not knowing what the fuck they were doing. It well, was I meant feel like to those just, people deserved it if they're putting a wick into their ear or whatever. It's, it was really just meant to clear the, and every, the wax and everything like that. But it just didn't work. Well, I have something relevant for this. Uh, if a bug ever flies into your ear, and this can happen because it happened to my dad. Happened to me. Really? Yes. This is like a traumatic experience, but pour olive oil into your ear and it'll drown the bug and then go to the hospital and they'll remove it. You can just squirt saline in your ear. Yeah, I had to go to you the have ER. saline uh, on hand like you know you do or whatever. I was in We're a Italian. 19... We have olive oil <laughs> in our saline bottles. I was in a maroon 1992 Ford Mustang hatchback. Playing around Five with my buddy. It was, actually. Ooh. It was an LX 5.0. It was a, a base model with a f- V8 engine. Did you put the flat top down so your hair can blow? I wasn't even old enough to even fucking know anything about it's it. It's from uh, Vanilla Ice. Whatever. Go on. Yeah. Word to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I was messing with the the, the visor. And I got a bug flew into my face and it freaked me out. Not 45 minutes later, you can feel the the bug flapping. Dude, that sounds terrible. I can't even imagine. My dad was freaking out. Yeah, I couldn't see it. My family couldn't see it. And it it just scared the ever loving shit out of me because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I didn't see the bug. It flew at my face and then it was gone. Yeah, I assume it feels like it's like beating your brain or something it feels it feels like it's inside your head like you're a schizophrenic like it's real you guys can't hear that it's so loud but if you are schizophrenic it's not real it's not a it's not a real moth but i had to go to the er it was so the the er doctor had a syringe with a super long needle on it to get it a little bit deeper into my ear to squirt the saline Oh, so you didn't do it yourself? You just no. went to the doctor with it beaten in dude, the, there the whole time? Dude, I was 10 years old. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, this is not an adult thing. Yeah, my dad was freaking out, and I, I looked it up online real quick, saw the olive oil thing, and then poured it in there, and it stopped it, but then we went to the doctor, and they pulled it out. Yeah, it worked. It was, but it was, it's one thing I forget that it's one of those things that I went to the ER for because it oh, yeah. was nothing. Well, I've got one of those. I don't ever forget though. I was at Boy Scout camp and um, I started feeling extreme pain in my stomach and they thought, oh my God, he has appendicitis. And I was screaming in pain and they called mm-hmm. the ambulance and they took me to the hospital and my appendix burst. No, it didn't. I was severely constipated because I hadn't pooped in like eight days because the toilet there is a friggin' tin can on a hole. And uh, yeah, they gave me a suppository and it took a huge poop and I felt much better. And they gave me Dilaudin, which was lovely. Uh, but yeah, so make sure, um, you know, you poop every couple of days at least. At the worst. And the last but not least is something that is not common or really gaining any tread. And that was psychic surgery, which is... Just the worst. Like, I I can't. It it couldn't have psychic surgery. It couldn't have been something that was ever popular here, because it was surgery with a psychic, where they would cut you open with your bare fucking hands and touch the organs that were affected. Oh, like an Indiana Jones where he just like pulls the heart out. Except they would keep it in there and they would trace around the heart like it's a magic eight ball. To try to fix it psychically. Oh, man. When girls tell me they're into astrology, I'm going to be like, all right, let's go. I'm going to trace your heart surgery. Yeah, I'm going to grab your heart with my bare hands and make you love me. Give it a little squeeze. Hoorah. All right. Wrap it up. I think we did it. This has been episode 23 of the greatest fucking podcast you've done ever heard. This is the beautiful On Call Pod banner behind me, brought to you by the wonderful folks at Concepts AD. There's my wonderful flexed buddy over there, <clears throat> Lowell. I'm not flexing. This is just me normal. <laughs> what do you got for me? Say, I can, say good uh, evening. Bounce my pecs. Say, say what do you what do you got for a good evening for me, amigo? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, check out if you're interested in starting your own podcast. Check out buildacast.com. There's uh, resources, uh, guides, gear, and tutorials. Um, Check it out. Yep, that's all. That's all I got. Link in the show notes. This has been the On Call Podcast. Hit me up on Twitter at OnCallPod, OnCallPod.com. Search me on Facebook, OnCallPod. Uh, soon there shall be a link on the Concepts AD website. Hopefully mobilized soon for cell phones. And there'll be a link for me there. You'll see some more gear for Concepts AD, whether it be you know, banners like this or headbands, face masks, shirts. Yeah, you can get a face mask for your business. I mean, come on, that's huge advertisement. People want to check out what face mask people are rocking nowadays totally untapped market space right there right check out my twitter you can see the things that they're willing to design for me whether it be a barbecue sauce label a flamethrower anything that you want anyway y'all have a good night 
I'm off to cuddle the wife and uh, make up for the fact that I rearranged the entire room while she was getting groceries. Have a good night, y'all. Deuce is... Thanks for listening to the On Call Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at OnCallPod. Interested in being a sponsor or want to be on the show? Drop us an email at oncallpod at gmail.com. For more info, go to oncallpod.com.